Hey, thank you for listening to Reformed Eve. Today I wanted to talk about the topic of nagging. And I'm a woman and I'm sure at some point in my life, actually I know I have, I have nagged. And I wanted to talk about nagging in the biblical perspective because sometimes there's things in society that we just accept as like funny or acceptable or just part of um, everyday normal life, part of uh, things that we blame, oh, she's just a woman or oh, he's just a man or this is expected behavior. But honestly, the Bible does outline certain behaviors that as men and women, we have to avoid and we should do. So I wanted to talk about nagging today, which is something that I think a lot of us as women are guilty of or your significant others. So, well, I wanted to share some quotes from some uh, people over history Somerset Maugham said this, It requires the feminine temperament to repeat the same thing three times with unabated zest. And this is from the collection of Ovid poems. I've come to my senses. Your profile leaves me cold. Why am I different, you ask? I'll tell you. Because you keep nagging for presents, that's what turns me off. Margaret Way wrote this, You have got a sharp tongue, haven't you, honey? You'll have to watch it or you'll go to a lonely spinster's grave. And finally, Elizabeth Peters shared this gem. Emerson once remarked that if I should encounter a band of dervishes, five minutes of my nagging would unquestionably inspire even the mildest of them to massacre me. So after these quotes, I believe we get the message. Nagging is bad. Nagging is annoying. Nagging is counterproductive. So let's get to the root. What is nagging? According to the Oxford Dictionary, nagging is constantly harassing someone to do something. Nagging is repetitive, repetition really. Nagging is pestering. Nagging is continuous. Nagging is the art of persuasion that men absolutely detest and one that women have mastered. However, mastery of a skill isn't always a good thing. There are books written about the gentle art, the fine art, the business of nagging. You want a man to do something? Nag. You want to see productivity and less laying around the couch, watching men in tights run after a ball? Nag. Perfect the art and you will have him trained. He won't like you and he'll complain about your nagging to his friends, but at least he took out the trash, right? (laughs) Well, wrong. Nagging is bad. Well, the Bible says that nagging is bad. Nagging is wrong, it's bad, even the word nagging is annoying, so I'm going to flip the switch. The Bible says nagging as quarrelsome. The Bible talks against quarrelsome women. So quarrelsome, what is that? Quarrelsome people fall into fights easily. They don't have to be physical fights. However, synonyms for quarrelsome are combative, confrontational, feisty, bad-tempered, grumpy, and petulant. Quarrelsome means you're inclined to, of course, quarrel. So what does quarrel mean? A quarrel, according to dictionary.com, is an angry dispute, altercation, or disagreement. 
marked by a permanent or temporary break in friendly relations. A quarrel means to cause a hostile feeling. It means to disagree angrily and find fault. Proverbs 21.19 in Greek uses the word wakas, like W-A-K-A-A-S. I'm sure I said that wrong, but... <laughs> so it's translated as angry, and the word Greek word medianim means contentious in place of quarrelsome. The word wakas, the word for angry in Greek, is found in Psalms 10.14 in the context of something being full of mischief, vexation, and spite. Proverbs 21.19 talks about it when speaking of an angry woman. Ecclesiastes 2.23 mentions this word, the wakas, in regards to something being full of grief and painful. Either way, being quarrelsome sounds like a bad thing. So painful, angry, spiteful, mischief. So what exactly does the Bible say about a quarrelsome woman? Proverbs 21.19 says it's better to live in a desert than to be trapped with a quarrelsome wife. It's harsh. (laughs) Proverbs 25.24 says that instead of being with a quarrelsome wife, it's better to live in a corner of the housetop. Ouch. (laughs) Proverbs again burns the nagging woman by comparing a quarrelsome wife to a continual dripping on a rainy day. So you know that constant annoying drip, 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 drip that doesn't stop. Proverbs 14.1 mentions that a wise woman builds her house, but a folly with her own hands tears it down. What's a folly? Folly means tragically foolish, lacking good sense and foresight. So all this is bad, but there is hope, so let's get to the positives, because I'm a positive person, I love hope, and hope floats, right? So we want to find the hope in this situation. So forget Mr. Gray, we're going to talk about something that is going to make your skin crawl, (laughs) so be prepared. Here's the good news. Women are meant to be the crown of a man. Women are meant to uplift men and make them all they can be. Women are the heart and soul of a home, while men are the walls protecting that heart and soul. This does not happen with quarreling, however, or bickering or fighting within these walls. Again, I'm going to mention something briefly that you're going to hate when I say this word you'll immediately think of that terrible movie that you should have not watched, The Fifty Shades of Grey. You're going to think of women who only see through like a slit cut in fabric. You're going to think of head down, diminished, slavery, sadness. So what is this word that's going to make your skin crawl? The word is submission. Yes, submission. Please don't turn this off. Please don't stop listening. Just please give me a chance. I struggled with submission. I thought, okay, submission is taking away women's power. Submission sounds forced. It sounds like something a man uses to control a woman. Society has indoctrinated in me that submission is bad and submission is akin to slavery and control. Bear with me, but there is freedom in submission, and please let me explain why before you decide to hit the back button or anything, let me explain. So let's talk about the God umbrella 
Imagine a huge umbrella. That's God. That's the God umbrella that oversees the entire family unit. Imagine another large umbrella underneath the God umbrella. It's not as big as the God umbrella, but it's like pretty big. So this is the husband umbrella and he oversees the family unit. He oversees and protects the wife and children. Then there's a smaller umbrella, that's the woman umbrella, and she instructs the kids in the way of the Lord, keeps the house in order, and she helps her husband stay close to God. Ephesians 5.22 says this, Husbands, love your wives the way that Christ loved the church and the way that Christ gave himself up for her. Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, Submit to your husbands as you submit to the Lord. Colossians 3.18 repeats this. Ephesians 5.21.33 says that we are submitting to one another out of reverence, respect for Christ. Our love and our submission and even sacrifice in a relationship is supposed to represent Christ and his love in a small family unit package. 1 Peter 3, 5-6 even says that holy women submit to their husbands. We as women want to be holy, but we need to understand submissions. The mind-blowing moment that completely changed my view on submission was this. Jesus was submissive to God, and this was clear, crystal clear in the Garden of Gethsemane. In Matthew 26, 39, Jesus said, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus was afraid of what was to come. He was human and he felt fear, the uncertainty, the doubt, the anxiety of what was to come. And he even briefly asked God to spare him from this. But in that one breath, he mentioned, he will submit to God's will. This is pure submission. This is true, unadulterated, beautiful, majestic, life-changing submission. And do we think less of Jesus for doing God's will? Do we think Jesus is lower or weak or pathetic? No, we don't. We, we don't. In fact, with submission comes great humility. You cannot have submission without humility. The Bible speaks volumes on how humility will will raise you up to a higher status. 1 Peter 5, 5-7 says this, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. If we are humble, if we become submissive, Christ-like, there is a beautiful reward for you. We get alleviation, understanding from our anxieties. We become free from them. We become exalted and we are truly cared for by God. Just as he cared for Jesus, even when Jesus was riddled with doubt and worry. We aren't humble and submissive for the rewards, though. We do it for the glory of God. We do it to praise God, respect Jesus' sacrifice, and make a positive impact in the world. As women, we are submissive to our husbands to uplift him 
and to show him what humility looks like. So for some of you, you're still thinking submission means being a doormat, but there's a difference between doormats and helpers. (laughs) So does all this mean we have to be doormats? No, we are helpers. The Lord God said, it is good. It is not good (laughs) for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. Proverbs 12.4 mentions that an excellent wife is the crown of her husband. Even though he is the head, she is exalted as the crown as the centerpiece fitted perfectly over the husband's brow, elegantly, something with precious jewels that exemplifies how glorious the family is through and with Christ. So what are alternatives to nagging? Instead of nagging, pray for your husband. Read the Bible and study it. Know this, try hard, do your best, help him get closer to God. If he wants to keep sinning or not being a good defender of the family, Or if you'd rather play Xbox or watch YouTube all day instead of spending time with the family, just keep trying. Why? Because he, your husband, is the head of the household. He is the one who has to answer to God as to why he is failing, why the family is failing. Your husband is the one who will reap the consequences of his action or inaction by God's hand. Leave the judge and jury in God's hands and keep being the woman that God needs and wants you to be. Proverbs 31.16 mentions that a godly woman opens her mouth with wisdom and has the law of kindness on her tongue. 1 Peter 3.1-6 mentions that there is an incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit and that this is indeed precious in the eyes of God. Trust in God. Focus on God. Pray, study the scriptures, worship through uplifting music, imitate Jesus, seek help from God, continue being an example, nag less and let God work more. So the meek are actually the future trendsetters and let me explain. Heed the Holy Spirit when he tells you to calm down. Don't you know that the meek, the gentle, the soft, These will inherit the world and the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they. Blessed are we that sometimes deal with barbarian, rude, reckless behavior and oversights and mistakes that men make. (laughs) I will say this. Who is first in your life? It's easy to say God, but study this. Who is on the pedestal? Do you talk to your husband more than you talk to God? Do you glare at your husband for hours hoping he will get the hint instead of reading your Bible and praying? How do you spend your time when you're mad at your husband? Start there. Yes, he will make you mad. My husband makes me mad sometimes. He is 100% imperfect. But God has commanded your husband to love you. And sometimes you may not feel that he's loving you the way that he should. In that case, your husband is failing God if he isn't loving you the way God wants him to. But if your husband doesn't change, that's going to be between him and God. Just keep being the kind of woman that God wants you to be.
So what does it mean to be a godly woman? Fear the Lord, which means to respect Him. Speak wisdom. Speak kindness. Be reverent in your behavior. Do not slander. Do not get drunk. Teach what is good. Practice self-control. Create a comfortable home environment. Be productive as opposed to being idle. Be trustworthy. Do good, not harm. Provide healthy nourishment. Be a good example to your husband and family. Wear modest, non-provocative clothing. Focus on inner beauty. Have a gentle, quiet spirit. Focus on bodily strength and your fitness. Consider and make good purchases and be wise with money. Open your hands to the poor and reach out to the needy. The church submits to Christ. Christ submits to God and therefore we submit to our husbands. Finally, Proverbs 31 says this, Wives, be subject to your own husband, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Let us be a good example. It's hard, but let's not do it for the compliments and the earthly rewards. Let's do it for the glory of God and His kingdom. 1 Corinthians 11.3 says this, and read this three times. Understand it and it will change your life. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. The head of Christ is God. And that's 1 Corinthians 11.3. Proverbs 18.22 mentions that an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. So let's not be rot rot in anyone's bones. (laughs) That sounds bad. That sounds gross. Let's not do that. Let's be gorgeous. Let's wear this bejeweled crown. Let's be that precious crown. We are beautiful. You are royalty. Straighten your crown and make your family, your home, proud. You are the heart and soul of your family. Corinthians 31.30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Do your part and God will do His.